This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. What is up, Straight Fire fam? It's me, Jason McIntyre. This is Straight Fire for Friday, March 11th. And oh my gosh, how good was Thursday? Oh yes, all the Sixers fans who tuned in, I know you're so geeked. Yeah, I almost just put together a string of expletives to open the podcast. But um, yeah, a lot of good basketball. Listen, if basketball is your sport, Thursday was one of the best days of the year. I think there were 61 college basketball games, and not all at night, and not crap teams. A lot of stuff during the day. I know, by the way, a big NBA game. And, oh yeah, another massive star, regardless of what you think of him now, gets traded in the NFL. Khalil Mack on the move. Huge pickup for the Chargers. Oh my gosh. Chargers are scary. Super Bowl odds plummeting. We'll get to that. Gosh, the Bears are a dumpster fire. But they kind of had to do it. Um... We're going to start with what happened in Philadelphia. Ben Simmons returns to Filthy Delphia. I'm sorry. I had to get Filthy Delphia out. Um, you guys know I lived outside of Philly for seven years. Nice area, Bucks County. A lot of fun. Enjoyed it. Had a good time. Went into Philly occasionally. Went into New York more just because we had moved from New York. So never really super connected with Philly. Went to several Sixers games. Went to... Played in a media pickup basketball game at the Wells Fargo. I don't think it was called the Wells Fargo back then, but whatever. And Philly's fun. Went to soccer games in Philly. Like, it was a nice city. We had fun. We just didn't go out there a lot. You know, we were just having kids. We were a little younger. Um, but, you know, we did. Get, I got married in Philadelphia, as my wife wants to remind me. Yes, got married in Philly. And it's a good city. I have nothing against Philly. All these people think I hate Philadelphia now just because I said I'm not a buyer on the Sixers. And all these Sixers fans were geeked. You got, they were lubricated, all liquored up, ready to bash Ben Simmons, chanting F Ben Simmons throughout the game. And Philly goes out and lays a colossal egg, probably one of the, you know, in the second half of the season, this is one of the more anticipated games, given the Ben Simmons for James Harden trade, right? This is a hugely anticipated game. Philly comes out, gets their doors blown off in the first quarter, giving up a 40-burger, and never, ever, ever made it a game. James Harden in postseason form, 3-for-17 shooting. It's James Harden for you. Minus 30 on the game. Not his best performance. And uh, listen, I'm not going to sit here and bash the Sixers. I have been consistent, guys. I think this is obviously a talented team. I don't think they're as good as the media plays them out to be. It's pretty clear Harden and Embiid is going to work against bad teams, but good teams are going to... I don't know, kind of shut him down. James Harden, 3 for 17. Joel Embiid, 5 for 17. Like, the Sixers were down 30 for the basically the entire fourth quarter. This team is overrated. I know everybody loves the Sixers, and Harden and Embiid is a fun story. And Tyrese Maxey's a great story. And Tyrese Maxey has been very good this season. He's their third best player. I like Tyrese Maxey. In his first really big NBA game, he was 2 for 7. I don't want to say the moment was too big. It was a regular season game in March. But he was a total non-factor. Complete non-factor. And when you shoot 32% against the Nets who are missing their best defensive player in Ben Simmons, not a great look. Not a good one. So all these people, when I did Undisputed last week, everybody said, oh, no, the Nets are garbage. They've fallen from second to seventh, and they're eighth, and they're ninth in the East. They might not make the playoffs. Here's reality. Kevin Durant was healthy. They were second in the East. Kevin Durant gets hurt. They plummet. 
Kyrie Irving, no vax, can't play in home games, can only play in away games, and wasn't even playing in many of those. Like, they're not, they were not good. They didn't have James Harden. Then they make the trade. The vaccination restrictions or whatever you want to call it, mandates get lifted. And all of a sudden, the Nets are starting to look like a team that was favored to win the conference. Seth Curry stunting all over the Sixers. 24 points, four threes. I love the one he hit in the third quarter. If you can find the clip, if you haven't seen the YouTube, he hits a three. I I think it was kind of a transition three. And, you know, uh, the Sixers instantly call timeout. And Seth Curry essentially like slowly walks past because the three was right in front of the bench of the Sixers. He just slowly walks past and everybody just staring at him. I was like, listen, you gave up Seth Curry and that one's going to sting. I mean, I still can't believe Luka and the Mavericks gave up Seth Curry. Like, that's a bad loss. Like, Seth Curry is so good, guys. So good. And Kevin Durant, obviously, 30, uh, yeah, 25 and 14, 7 assists. Kyrie, 22. And by the way, some of the matchup numbers for Kyrie on Harden almost make you wonder if James Harden does not want the Kyrie Irving smoke. Now, you guys know I've been, oh, I've been bashing Kyrie Irving for a while. Immensely talented player. I didn't know he had some defensive chops. Harden found that out the hard way. When they were matched up one-on-one, he Harden could not score on Kyrie. I think he started one of seven when matched up with Kyrie Irving, and it's like, whoa, really? Kyrie, a lockdown defender? I was not aware of that. And, folks, anyone who comes, I know it's a regular season game in March, but for everybody and their mom who's overreacting, saying, oh, the Lakers got smoked uh, in overtime by the Rockets. The Lakers terrible. They're not even a playoff team. They can't win anything. If you're reacting that way and you're reacting to regular season games, you have to react to the Sixers losing by 29 at home and never being competitive against the Nets. Now, if you're one who says, who cares about the regular season? Fine. Any way you want to slice it, though, this doesn't mean nothing. It can't possibly mean nothing. It doesn't have to mean everything, but this result, if this was a close game, it's like, oh, great. I can't wait for the playoff series. It's a blowout. The The environment there was great. I'm excited for the playoff series, but the reality is this game had to be a little bit. I'm not saying it was everything. I'm not saying it was a lot. It was a message sent by the Nets. We are better than you. We didn't even have Ben Simmons here, and I know some people are like, oh, Ben Simmons, come on. He's not even any good. I'm just saying, nobody can come away from this game saying the Sixers are a better team than the Nets. You can beat the hell out of the Timberwolves and destroy uh, all these other chumps in the East. But when you face the Bucks, when you face the Heat, when you face the Nets, I'm going to put Boston in there right now. They're playing as good as anybody in the league. Reality's going to set in pretty quick, guys. It, it just is. And when you combine Doc Rivers' postseason history, which ain't pretty, which everybody knows, and you toss in James Harden postseason history, which is very ugly, and you wonder, geez, I mean, Joel Embiid's really good. The guy's never been to the conference finals. You start to add this stuff up. You're like, wait a minute. Are we really are we crowning these guys too early? Like, just let it settle in. They got crushed in a game that was hugely anticipated, circled on the calendar for weeks. Since the deal, everybody's been talking about, oh, March 10th, March 10th, that game, Nets, Simmons coming back. And then you go out and lay an egg like this? Like, Doc Rivers cannot 
cannot, there's no way he can be like, ah, it's just March game, no big deal, maybe they were too amped. Like, in no way, shape, or form did they even make a run. They were down, I think, 15 or more starting in the uh, uh, early second quarter for the rest of the game. Like, never even made a run. Not a good look. Now, obviously, listen, they're going to destroy Orlando Sunday. A couple days to think about this loss. Then they get Jokic on Monday, a game that will be national televised. Then it's Cleveland, Dallas, Toronto, Miami, Lakers. It gets a little tougher. And I'm I'm not trying to poo-poo the Sixers. I know they have talent. I'm of the belief that this team, if they face the six, six, uh, Celtics in the first round, Sixers are going down. I'll, I'll put my money where my mouth is on that. I will bet on the Celtics. I, I'm not sure that there's too many other teams uh, in the bottom half that can be a major problem for the Sixers. Uh, I'm looking at the, the standings now. If the season ended today, obviously it doesn't, the 76ers are the three they would face the six Cleveland Cavaliers. That's really who they'd want to face because they're better than Cleveland. Cleveland's just too young. They're not ready. It's just, I don't think, I don't think the moment's ready for Cleveland. Toronto, eh, not a huge believer, but if the Sixers get the two and they end up facing the seven, the seven could be the Brooklyn Nets. And guys, that ain't going to be pretty for the Sixers. That's just the reality. If the Nets get the seven, and it's looking like they will, they're, they're not missing the playoffs. Now, I know I saw the stat that Kyrie, there's like 15 games left and Kyrie can only play in four of them or something like that. And if KD doesn't play and if Ben Simmons, if, 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 yes, that's all possible. Got it. That being said, I, I firmly believe this is a Nets team that is in great position to win the East, regardless of what seed they are, because they've got pretty much the best trio in the East when you add Simmons. Now, I know some people are like, hey, how do you know Simmons is going to be good? That's fair. We don't. I'm just going to trust he's always been a really talented player, all NBA, all defensive team. Like, he's a, he's just a talented guy. He's got to work his way into the lineup and fit in. Heat are excellent. You know I was bullish on the Heat before anybody. I said they were one of the best teams in the East. People scoffed. Uh, Milwaukee Bucks obviously are very good. Right now, I'm putting the East at Nets 1, Heat 2, Bucks three, Celtics four. After that, probably Sixers and then Bulls. And, you know, it's a bit of a crapshoot. Also, for the Joel Embiid is the MVP crowd. Yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. College basketball was great, but I, I can't spend too much time on college hoops simply because, um, you know, there's a million games today. The gambling was outstanding until the night game from the first half. The first half strategy, listen, I gave it out here. If you guys took those first halves, if you went to my IG stories, you saw the the slate of first halves. If you took them, and just the, just the first half uh, of, like, the games up until, like, you know, 6 o'clock or whatever, you cleaned up. It was an awesome run. At the nighttime, there was a little regression as expected. But I would say there were a couple massive upsets before I get to Khalil Mack. This Baylor team, is, and Casey Jacobson, the former Stanford grade, he's an announcer, he's on the Pac-12 tournament this week. He was on this pod last week, and we talked about it, and he is... Let's just, so, let's just remind people. He was saying Baylor, due to that injury to their big, just not the team they were, obviously, last year or even earlier this season. They lose to Oklahoma. I, that's a bad loss. I'm having some, some sell 
thoughts on Baylor at this moment. Um, Duke struggled, but Duke is very good offensively. Man, they got some horses. Now, they're not a great defensive team just outside. The key that you want to be for the tournament, top 20 in offense and defense. That historically has automatically put you in the mix to win the championship. Top 20 automatically. And that's not top 20 ranking. Top 20 offensive and defensive efficiency. 17 of the last 19 champions finished in the top 20 in both offense and defense. 17 of 19. So your odds go significantly up. Now, as of this moment, and obviously that'll change this weekend, as we record this Friday morning, Gonzaga, UCLA, Houston, Arizona, and Baylor fit into that. Now, Baylor will drop a little bit once the new uh, Ken Palm offensive numbers come up this morning. Baylor is on the outside looking into me. They're, they're not as good as they were last year. And then the next group, just outside the top 20, Auburn, 22 offensively, Kentucky, 24 defensively, Duke, 27, Illinois is 29th, Kansas and Villanova. So that's like the second tier. But if you said, Jay, I'd rather I'd rather bet on Duke than Baylor to win the title, I would agree with you. And if you said, Jason, give me Kentucky over Arizona, Arizona did suffer a bad loss. Their point guard, uh, this kid from Estonia, had a bad ankle turn. It looks like he's out for the rest of the Pac-12 tournament. And Arizona has a good team with some pros. They'll be fine. But that's a bad loss. And I don't know that he's going to be ready, this point guard. I'm not even going to try to say his name. It's um, Crease or something like that. He, he is, he's very good. Uh, he's not like their th- th- first, second, or third best player. I, well, maybe he's their third best player. But it's obviously a big loss. And if he's out the first weekend, Arizona may be susceptible a little bit. So if you said, give me Duke and Kentucky instead of those, uh, Arizona and Baylor, I would be fine. Auburn is the team to watch. I want to see how they play at the SEC tournament this weekend. Auburn is bouncy. I like their coach. I'm I'm big on Auburn. Now, they their, their freshman is a superstar, Jabari Smith. Can you lean on a freshman forward as opposed to a freshman point guard to ride the wave and, and, and make a run? Obviously, Monday will have a ton on the brackets, and I'll be just draped in college basketball all weekend. You can hit me on the gram. Uh, I'm a little less responsive on Twitter, but I'm there if you want to chat uh, about questions about the tournament and the bracket, and it's just going to be fun. We'll be doing shows for Fox. Exciting stuff. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. All right, on to the quick NFL trade. And what a week for the NFL, huh? I mean, trades galore. You had Russell Wilson Tuesday. You had Carson Wentz on Wednesday. And on Thursday, you had Khalil Mack going from the Bears, the Bears, to the L.A. Chargers. Now, this is not a massive surprise, but another thing we've talked about ad nauseum, we've been ahead of the market on this for a couple years. When you have your quarterback on the rookie deal, you go out and spend money. A lot of teams spend on a wide receiver, luxury item, to help your quarterback. Some people decide, hey, let's go overpay for a edge rusher. That's an also a premium position. Khalil Mack, $63 million over the next three years. He's already 31. Is he at 31? Can we expect production from Khalil Mack like he had in the past? 
Well, I know Bears fans are going to be are way out on him. Four years in Chicago, his his numbers pretty much went down every year. Twelve and a half sacks that first year, he was incredible. Bears get the playoffs. Eight and a half sacks the second year. Nine sacks in year three. And then this past year, he only played seven games, injured. The injuries kind of mounted. But the other thing to watch is when Khalil Mack was on the field for the Bears, he was the primary pass rusher. Roquan Smith, great linebacker. They had a good uh, Hicks in the middle. But they, you were able to easily, uh, we'll just double-team Khalil Mack. Well, you can't do that when he's on the Chargers because on the other side, you've got Bosa. You can't double Mack and double Bosa. This is a significant pickup. Assuming Mack can stay healthy, this is massive for the Chargers. I absolutely love this. And in my mock draft for Fox Sports this week, I had the Chargers, who, by the way, didn't even give up a number one pick in this trade. Give up a number two. Like, that's, that's, a, that's a heist. Khalil Mack? Are you kidding me? I'm not, I'm not saying that, like, Von Miller was awesome all year, but guess who showed up late in the season when he was traded to the Rams? Von Miller. All you need is, like, one or two games where he shows up and makes a couple splash plays, and boom, he's worth his weight in gold. Like, again, we're talking about Khalil Mack. He, could, he used to wreck games by himself. Now, I know that was three years ago. He's not the player he was. I get it. You got Bosa? You got Mack? Kidding me? Secondary gets healthy? AFC West is making some moves, folks. This is just division is so loaded. Like, remember, the Chargers missed the playoffs not not on the last game of the season, on the last play. Last play of the season. Kicker hits a bomb for the Raiders when it looked like the Raiders were playing for the tie, which would have put the Chargers in the playoffs. They kick it, Chargers miss the playoffs. It, like, I, 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 would, I think that everybody and their mom is going to have the Chargers in the playoffs next year. We talked about it. Everybody, I think, will have Denver as well. Everybody will obviously have the Chiefs. Raiders, kind of SOL here, guys. But the AFC West is just completely stacked. Now, about the Bears. And we don't really talk about the Bears anymore because they haven't been good in forever. You kind of feel a little bad for Justin Fields, no? He goes there. It's like, what do we have? Like, what does Justin Fields have around him? Who, quickly, who's the second best player on the Bears? And it's not Allen Robinson. We know that because he's gone. Is it the running back, Montgomery? Is it Roquan Smith? A linebacker? I, 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 I don't know, guys. I'm a little worried about the Bears. Aaron Rodgers has to be excited at this. Oh, I don't have to see Khalil Mack twice a year? Oh, splendid. That is just great news. But this is a Bears team totally in rebuild mode. It feels like a teardown. You almost wonder, okay, we don't have a first-round pick. We are in a bad place salary cap-wise. What do we do? I I think you just start unloading dudes, right? You build the offensive line. You've got the quarterback on the rookie deal. Still got Robert Quinn, who's pretty good. You got Hicks. Uh, Roquan Smith we like. You know, the secondary is getting a little old from when it was really good, Eddie Jackson and company. I just, I don't know. I'm really, I mean, the Bears feel to me outside of um, like a miracle season from Justin Fields just putting the team on his back. You know, that's mm, six-win team, maybe seven. Now, the division stinks, but the Vikings are better than them. We know the Packers are. The Lions, they were plucky last year. I just it 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 just doesn't look good for the Chicago Bears. I don't really know if they're the you know they're <coughs> excuse me. I don't know if the Bears are expected to contend this year or even next. 
But um, one of the stats, and all these people in Chicago were like, oh, Mac did nothing. Forget about that guy. Just I'm just going to point this out. Over the last five seasons, Mac and Bosa both rank in the top four in total defensive pressures. So, like, we could say, oh, Khalil Max lost a step. He's not the guy he was. Uh, that's fair. Still, the body of work over the last four seasons, he is one of the premier pass rushers in the league. Is he as good as T.J. Watt? No. He's obviously not Aaron Donald, a defensive tackle. He's not as good as either of the Bosa brothers. But, like, it's not the worst thing in the world if you're still, like, a top 12 pass rusher in the league. Is it? Now, I know you want to say this, this, the, the, the money. Oh, it's costing your arm and a leg. As I said, you've got the quarterback on the rookie deal. Did you see they signed Mike Williams to a long-term deal? They can give the money. Give the money to Keenan Allen. Pay all the positions you want to get Justin Herbert in position to succeed. That is kind of what the model has been. Mahomes did it. Russell Wilson did it back in the day. It's just one of those situations where like smart teams doing smart things. And the Rams did it with Goff and when he was on the rookie deal. The Browns tried it with Baker Mayfield. You got to swing for the fences. It is a little disappointing that my Jets have done jack squat. Zach Wilson entering year two. Why am I not hearing about big splashy moves? They're fine cap wise. Can they not get anybody to their team? What are we doing? Overpay for some talent. I think I've told this story before, but like, when you are not a desirable franchise, some people may not want to live in New York. That's fine. Most of the players live in Jersey anyway. The move is, hey, we got to overpay people to bring them in. Right? We uh, Nobody wants to come play for the Jets. They stink. You're not going to win anything. You're in the Patriots division. Fine. So you got to give them more money. Whatever. You've, you could do that with Zach Wilson on the rookie deal. I don't know. It's just a little disappointing that my Jets are unable to capitalize the way I see teams like the Chargers making big, splashy moves. All right, that's it for this week, guys. I hope you enjoyed the college basketball chatter, the NBA, the guests. We good guests next week. Pretty much wall-to-wall college basketball uh, outside of NFL free agency. And um, I'm excited for it. I'm ready for it. We'll talk to you then.